2: Let you get settled in your seat there, dude But um, I I know we already did it as a group I want to just say it directly to you uh, dude, thank you, thank you, thank you for the wishes. Thank you for the intent yesterday. Thank you for holding the fort down over the last couple of days. Yeah, thank you. Of, I could kind of I could not lift almost any part of my body for about forty eight hours. So uh, so I appreciate you, man.
1: But well, thank you, and uh, I appreciate you. And you know, when you were here on Monday, I was concerned that I was going to have to. You know, maybe call the medics or, you know, hearken back to my first aid CPR training because you were not doing well. And so Tuesday I was waiting for you to say, I'm out. And then when Wednesday you said that you were out, I was like, uh-oh. This yeah. I mean, and then after Wednesday, you're like, I need one more day. And I went to bed last night, and I woke up this morning, and I was looking at my phone as I'm giving baby my my her pan pan her pancakes, and I'm like, <laughs> he hasn't texted me yet. He's gonna be fine, and he's gonna be fine. And then you said, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gut it out today. And I said, you know what? I knew it because you and I and Matt Nohig and, and our boss, we have an expression here in the station, and it's win the big days. And these are big days now, kid, with the Niners yep. and Lions yep. coming up here in just seventy-three hours.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I do not want to compare myself in terms of toughness to a football player. No, you're you're the um, Debo
1: of our station. But I hope,
2: yeah, I hope Debo does the same thing <laughs> Sunday. Totally. Uh, play it less than a hundred percent, my man. I, I, I hope, I hope he's out there. But I did hear um, a lot of what you were saying uh, to to FP, and I wonder how your thought has sort of evolved uh, throughout the last 48, 72 hours because on Tuesday, you sounded like you thought this puppy like was like one of the uh, birthday gifts uh, Christy or the kids wrapped up for me last night. Like, this thing's all wrapped up. And just go ahead and tuck it away, and let's let's get ready for Vegas.
1: Yeah, let's get ready for Vegas. And uh, you know, I have got a room in somebody's house, and I I clicked on the link, and it turns out it's just a cot for seventy five <laughs> bucks a night. But you know what? I think I might are, click yes on that. Are, are you being? Dude, no, I'm dead me, serious. You're not being real. You're I'm, being serious. I'm being serious. It's about oh thirty God. minutes off the strip, and it's like seventy five <laughs> bucks a night. And I a click cot? on it. And I go to the bedroom, quote-unquote, and it's a cot. I'm talking C-O-T. And I was like, wow, 75 bucks a night for a cot? Good you know Lord. what? I'm in. Because you go to yeah. Vegas, and honestly, you're not spending that much time in your room anyway. And then my buddy Baltimore Joe, who obviously is a big-time Baltimore Ravens fan. He's from Baltimore. He said, Dibs, don't worry about the cot. I've got a room already booked uh, with two queens You can stay with me. So Baltimore Joe is feeling confident about the Ravens, and I'm also feeling very confident about the Niners. Yes, the Lions can do some things. They can be dangerous, but I see a number of different edges that the Niners will have that will lead them to a victory on Sunday.
2: Well, uh, I'd love to hear about some of those. I agree with you. I will pick the Ravens and the 49ers as well. Um, I'm starting to believe in that silly little logo curse that everybody's talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you've gone in-depth into that at all. Um, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, last handful of years, the Super Bowl logo comes out at the beginning of the year, and the two colors that are in the logo have been the colors of the teams that end up in the Super Bowl, but not just that. The color that's less represented in that logo is the team that wins the Super Bowl. Which color is less represented this year, purple or red? Red. 49ers win the Super Bowl. Apparently, it's already been written.
1: Well, book it and bet it before uh, you get to, uh, you know, after Sunday when the odds will plummet. Because if it is Ravens Niners, the Ravens. And the Niners, the Niners will be favored by 3.5 or 4, depending on how these games go. Depending on how they go, yep. yep. If you want to get it now, the Niners are still, I think, plus 180 or plus 200 to win the whole thing. So now would be the time to bet it if you believe in that Super Bowl logo conspiracy thing.
2: I want everybody to hear something Dan Campbell uh, said about Kyle Shanahan. But first, give me a little bit on these matchups that you love. Uh, with regard to why this is going to be such a damn cakewalk for the 49ers on Sunday night.
1: Lions with a backup guard, and I do think that the 49ers are hearing all the chatter about how bad they played against the run, and I I debunked it Mm, yesterday. FP and I broke it down. If you take out the 53-yard run from Jones, well, then they averaged, and you and I talked about it, they averaged about three yards a tote, and that includes the minus 11 that uh Jordan Love had on his one ill-fated uh fumble and then the keep and he lost by he lost 11 yards on that play. I think the Lions they have a good offensive line but they're down a tackle. I'm sorry, they're down a guard and I think that the Niners interior pass rush will be disruptive of Jared Goff and if you pressure Jared Goff, he will throw Interceptions, So I think that the Niners are going to present a more formidable pass rush and run defense than they did against Green Bay and also than Detroit faced against Tampa Bay. So that to me is edge number one. And the other edge is simply Christian McCaffrey against a subpar or a bad Lions run defense. I think that the Niners will be able to run the ball ad nauseum. I think McCaffrey has a big game on the ground. I think the Niners control the, the tempo, and they, they put the Lions into a spot where they have to play from behind, and that's not what Jared Goff wants to do. I like the Niners um, by 10.
2: Okay, interesting. I, I don't see the Lions. Where are you coming up with that the Lions have a bad run defense? That's one of the top seven rush defenses in football, ranked all year.
1: I think when you get McCaffrey out on the edge, and I, I think when you get the Niners' offense starting to hum, and I, you know I don't know if Debo is going to be able to play If he is, then I think you're going to have the ability to get the motion going and get Detroit on its heels. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be able to really have a good game on the ground.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, he's Christian McCaffrey, and they're the Forty ers so I'm not saying that they won't be able to run the ball. Um, I do wonder, though, um, if you want sort of a sour prediction, if you will. Oh, uh, well, put it got this way. I that yesterday from FP. I mean, I know, I know. He he sounds terrified of every Forty er game right now, <laughs> but but and that's fine. He might be right. The Lions are not bad. Like they they are formidable. Um, I think we forget when we get into the playoffs that. Everybody's good, right? Like, we're, we're, we're officially at the everybody's good hour, and so anybody can beat you, and, and, and all of that is always true. And if the 49ers are not humming, they can be beat, and it feels like it's been a while since we've really watched them humming. So, do they have their groove back? I think we'll, we'll find out, but I, I think that most of the people I watched with over the weekend spent the majority of the night, and I was one of them, going... It, gosh, it, it it feels like more of these drive starters should be McCaffrey handoffs. Like I'm I'm surprised that he's not getting more run out of the backfield, especially on a rainy night, especially when Brock looks shaky. Um, this one might be that again because so many people are like, run McCaffrey, just run, old faithful. I I think that the Niners' edge in this football game offensively is through the air. Now that's affected by whether or not Debo plays, we don't know yet. I sort of feel like it's trending in the right direction. We'll find out. But if they're at full strength with their passing game, um, I think that's where their edge is in this one, which, if it's not going well right away, is going to lead to the exact same frustration from fans that we saw Saturday night, which is that they're going to be yelling for what you just called for, which is a lot of Christian right, Christian left, Christian fight, fight,
1: fight. Exactly. And I think that uh, the conditions will make it more likely that Brock Purdy can get comfortable and have a good game, and I was skeptical of Brock with a wet ball and in bad conditions, and it turned out that that was an issue, glove on, glove off, and we know now that based on what we're looking at right now out the window, it's blue sky and it's going to be sunny all the way through Sunday, so the track should be fast, the conditions should be really good for Brock Purdy to go out there and throw the football, and yeah, the Lions' pass defense, not very good, so I don't see the Lions defensively putting up much uh, of a fight. I know that Aiden Hutchinson is really good, but outside of that, I don't see anybody on the Lions' defense that scares me. So I think the Niners should be able to control the tempo, control the action, and maybe not score at will, but score pretty, pretty often and be able to get threes and sevens much more than they have to punt.
2: Well, we used to remember off at the beginning of the year and in these win streaks, we were calling it a Purdy 30, and it was uh, it was what we were always throwing out there. It's been a while. It, it, it has been a while. Let's see, 24-21 over the Packers. Go back to Purdy's last start after that in Washington. I know that they cruised in the second half, but only scored 27 in that one. And uh, and and it took a minute to kind of shake the commanders loose. Game before that was the Christmas game against Baltimore, where it was pretty shaky. So um, it's not that many games, yeah. but you got to go back to well over a month ago uh, before uh, to to get to the last time the Forty Nine er offense looked like that machine that it can sometimes look like, that sort of inspires all that confidence.
1: Yeah, and that was Arizona, which, you know, that game yes. was uh, 45-29 at Arizona. And you put up 28 against Seattle. You didn't need much more. You did hammer Philadelphia. You had 30 against Seattle, 34 against Jacksonville. So the offense, I think, is there for, for the having in terms of can you get 30 points. And I don't think that the Lions' defense overall is that scary to where – you're going to have to worry about that. I do think that 30 points is what you need to win this game, though. I think the Lions will have an ability to score points, whether it's on the ground or through the air with Amon Ra, your guy, St. Brown, your, your <laughs> fantasy star, and Laporte's a good tight end. They have a couple of good running backs. They have other weapons they can deploy offensively. I think that this game... Is going to be a 34 to 24 kind of a ball game, maybe 31 28. It's going to be a game where you need to get to 30 to get the win.
2: 31 28. I think so. You know, Bill Walsh used to do this. And um, I'll never forget it uh, because it was, quite frankly, one of the first football games that I remember watching when I had not even turned seven years old yet in the catch game. Bill Walsh said before that game that um, he sort of predicted that he goes, look, I think this is the type of game where um, you know whoever wins is, is, is going to score uh, four touchdowns and the, the loser is going to get three. Um, and, and he was spot-on accurate with how that thing ended up playing out, the fourth touchdown being the Dwight Clark score and the, uh, and the 49ers win and, and, and go on and, and win the Super Bowl a couple of weeks later. You know, you, you look at this now like what you just threw out there, eight touchdowns, eight touchdowns in this game, I'll take the under on that. I'll definitely take the under on that. And I would not – it's funny. Look, you take a trip to the Super Bowl in any form, but I would not feel great about a defense that just struggled to touch Jordan Love if they give up four touchdowns to the Lions and then – Uh, send them on their way to either go face Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, that would suggest to me that the defense just has something that's not working right.
1: Well, you're going up against one of the best offenses in football, and you will again against Baltimore. Kansas City's offense is not what it used to be in terms of their potency, but... You know, like you mentioned Mark, you're one of the last four teams playing, so you can't expect to win this game 21 to 6 or even, you know, 14 to 9. The Lions are going to score. And if you win this game and you go up against Baltimore, Baltimore's going to score. So it doesn't mean your defense is bad. I think what happened last weekend is a good barometer for this defense because everybody wants to talk about how the run defense wasn't good enough and yeah, they weren't good enough, but in the red zone, the Packers were only two of five. So you get to the red area, and that ultimately is where this game's going to be won or lost.
2: I always think that the number 24 is the red light. That's like, you can maybe win the game if the other team gets to 24. If they go over 24, as the 49ers, the way they're constructed, they're in trouble. And, uh, and history has bared that out. When you look at uh, from Baltimore to Cincinnati, the teams that have beaten them this year, Niners have got to keep the Lions to 24, preferably 21 or less. Um, guess what? It's an adorable night right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors and Kings, 7 p.m., Warriors Live with our buddy. You just heard him a little bit ago. Evan Giddings is going to start at 6 right when we're done. Brought to you by Xfinity, the Xfinity 10G network, made for streaming live sports. All right, we've mentioned a couple of times what Dan Campbell said about Kyle Shanahan that caught our attention. We'll play that for you coming up next. We'd love to get your calls. 888-957-9570. So thankful to be back thank you for all the messages this is weathered and
3: dibs (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
1: To Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Okay, we're streaming live
2: on Twitch and YouTube. We have a good time. We have a good time over there. That's the only way I'll promote it. It promotes itself. We have fun over there. Everybody's bantering back and forth with each other. That's why I started uh, poking with uh, with Guru when they were still uh, doing their show earlier. He didn't even know if it was me. He's like, is that the real you? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's me. That's me. Hi, what's up, Guru? It was. Uh, so, I thought the- it was Wark Millard, is what I saw. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know. Your Someone did ego. that to me actually years ago. Who are you? A, totally. Yeah, made a fake Twitter account called Wark Millard, and it was very unsettling. Anyway, uh twitch.tv slash 957 the game, youtube.com slash 957 the game. Uh Dibbs wears new hoodies now once a week. You can check those out. If we swear you get to hear it, no one else does. Oh. Uh, all of that. Um I have oh, a unique surrounding today if you want to look at that um all of it it's all there on uh, on YouTube all the content so uh hit the thumbs up button and uh, if you like the show and uh, and subscribe it's all powered by First NorCal Credit Union Willard and Dibs glad you're with us 888 957 9570 uh before we listen to Dan Campbell your boy yeah uh, um <laughs> I uh, describe, maybe put into a definition, your thought on the Kyle Shanahan postseason play calling.
1: Uh, you want me to use a word, or you want me to just to surmise how I feel? However you want to do it. He is conservative. I mean, I, sometimes I feel like it's Bob Dole with the laminated le- play sheet. Uh, well, it's uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs>
3: I, was I had to say get. That wasn't get, Bob.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> my one word Reagan is elite, and uh, well, and occasionally you get a well, good. mommy. Uh, when does
2: when does the Reagan impression expire? Expire though, because I Boy. do feel like well, and that's like, what, I feel like a yeah. lot of people listening never heard Reagan.
1: Of course, because he yeah. was. I mean, he was elected. And he was no, actually was shot forty four years ago, or forty three years ago, Jeez. when he was. Uh, he was shot that day. So, yeah, it's probably well past its expiration date. And a uh, friend of the program, Whitey Gleason, when he and I would do a show, we would do impersonations, and it's like, that's about 35 years old. We should probably knock that off, and next thing you know, I got fired. So, in terms of Kyle Shanahan <laughs> and his play calling, he is conservative. Is he too conservative? Only when they lose. And if they win, then he's doing just fine. But I find his play calling to be conservative. When he gets in the big games and the big moments, he is it seems like he's more willing to lose cautiously than lose aggressively. Okay. Um, I think you speak
2: for many out there. Um, I'm not one of them, and that's fine. But how would you answer the question that I threw at Goo and Evan right when we started? Which is when... Does Kyle Shanahan's record? because I know people oh, you never won the big one. Well, that's kind of a bunch of crap because every playoff game is a big one and uh, and he's won a lot of those. You don't end up in the NFC title game uh, without winning playoff games and he's been there now four times in five years. So I know that this is a general a general question that's broad, but when does his record end up being the answer? For his play calling. In other words, can't I just say, I call it the way I call it because I
1: win? Yeah, but you don't. You don't. You don't win How in d- February. What? And, Sorry. I mean, and that's that's the answer, okay. Mark. So that, so that's so that's o and the one.
2: answer. He's 0-1 in February.
1: Correct. And, okay. you know, in NFC Championship games, he is 1-2. Is that right? Right. Uh, he won the one, and then they lost to the Chiefs, and right. then he lost the last two. So, sure. When you, uh, although you're not going to attack
2: his play calling for last year's title game loss, you wouldn't do that. I thought that he got a little be, bit
1: run heavy in the second would, half, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be a little disingenuous. Honestly, anyway, he got. Then, go a, I think like, I think he was a little too married to the run in the second <laughs> half, but I'm, I'm going to give him a pass yeah. for that. Okay, pun uh, intended. Uh, He's going to get a pass for that when you win the Super Bowl then you no longer have to answer questions about that. and it Maybe it's too harsh, maybe it's too simplistic, but that's just how I feel. Like Andy Reid now, whatever Andy does on Sunday, whatever Andy does the rest of his career, you no longer have to answer for all those failures in Philadelphia because you got a couple in Kansas City. That's behind you. That monkey is off your back. Uh. Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion still has that monkey on his back because he hasn't gotten it done. Well, that's so interesting, and it's not
2: wrong, sure, but I would argue, wait a minute, so if you win a Super Bowl, you never have to answer those questions again? Like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And and, and by the way, if, if, if that's what we're going to do with Andy Reid, you never have to answer questions for Philly because of what happened in Kansas City. It's like, well, what happened in Kansas City is because you had Pat. and It, it doesn't make anything go away from what happened in, in Philadelphia. And I think that there is a comp on that to Kyle Shanahan. I don't know what Brock Purdy's playoff resume is going to end up being, but if we all agree, he's a lot better than who Kyle brought to his previous NFC Championship games when the quarterback made it through the game like if we can all argue that then doesn't that sort of help explain some things away like that's one question i've always wanted to ask people and i feel comfortable asking it because it even makes me sound wrong i was one of garoppolo's biggest defenders when when he was here but he's not a great quarterback and I never use that word for him he's not a great quarterback but I would hear people go why are you being so conservative and the next breath would be like this Jimmy guy absolutely terrifies me and I'd go that's why he's being conservative because he's got Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback that's why I'm so thankful that or you hope. You hope everyone makes it through this weekend healthy. But they come in healthy and there's no weather. Like, there are no reasons for conservative behavior this weekend. So I hope it looks that way. Because I don't think that he turtles up. I really don't.
1: Well, I don't know if he turtles up. I think that's just who he is. And I don't know if it's because of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if it's because of Brock Purdy in the weather. Then, okay, No weather. And you have a quarterback now who's better than Jimmy G. And you've got no weather coming up in Santa Clara. It's supposed to be mid to low 60s and clear. No rain for the next four days. So you don't have that excuse. And you use the word reason. I use the word excuse. And it's because, you know, you're glass half full. I'm glass half empty in terms of putting these labels on it. And, you know, we did a big thing yesterday, FP and I, about if they lose on Sunday – Can you call the season a success? And I said, no, it's a failure. And he totally disagreed, and I know you will too. And I'm not trying to uh, re-adjudicate yesterday's show. I'm just telling you how I feel. And you've got no reason to not go out there and, and go for the victory. And if you get to the same spot as you did last weekend where you get the ball back and you've got your timeouts... Go down there and try and score a touchdown. Don't bleed the clock out. Be aggressive. That's what I want to see. But I know that that's not in Kyle's normal nature.
2: Well, and yeah, see, I don't don't agree with that. I think it's much more formulaic than that. I think he did try to go score a touchdown, and then when those play calls and execution did not come together on certain plays, then you're like, okay, well now the time and space says we should do X. Now it says we should do Y, and that led to a field goal try that did not go in. Um, But he's not wrong. His way has worked. and and so that's why I sort of formulate the question that I do today which is when does repeated trips to the NFC title game answer everybody's criticisms about the way that he calls plays or for instance when Ann Killian says well it's time to shake it up you got to adjust you got and I know what she means she means on the fly like if something's not working and 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 that's fine but I don't think that Kyle is is, it was looking at that game last week like we're out of it I got to go do something different I people get criticized for doing what many are suggesting he do You know, Avery Johnson famously switched up the lineup against the We Believe Warriors as a one seed, and he got ripped for it, and he should. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, when you're successful, waltz into the room and be like, this is what we do, and we're going to do it. And you have got to stop us from doing it until we're going to change. You've got to convince us that we can't do it, or else we're not changing because this has worked for us. Which I thought was exactly what Dan Campbell was saying here, Taking a listen to this, it's a couple minutes long, but it's Campbell, so it's really entertaining.
4: You know, their system and what he's done for years and how it's evolved, you know, everything kind of began i think with a wide zone something that they really leaned on uh but then it it then it kind of evolved into more of this fast you know the fast flock motion with the tight ends and now you're blasting the edges and then once you've done that enough you get good at it and and they start changing fronts on you you're able to adjust between the tackle the tight end and the other tight end that's moving on who's got what so any front you get into they adjust on the fly because you do it you just rep it rep it and they're and they're really good at it um and, and i mentioned this yesterday so you get enough of that then you get the counter off of it right uh you get that and then you'll get gap scheme back this way you'll get boot back this way then you get play pack this way you know you pull the guard and it's hard action and here comes the dagger who goes the post over the top he just does an unbelievable job of setting you up he's gonna make you stop it and if you don't stop it, you keep getting it and then once you feel like you're about to stop it he counters and he's just always been great about that and the way he sets it up um they have a mentality about the way they do it you can't do what they do without the mentality either. I mean, it's it's physical. There's nothing easy about what they do. And then when you have a back like McCaffrey, who's got... We know the athlete he is, but he's got really good vision, and he understands the blocking scheme. He understands what they're trying to do. He understands, I've got to pull this mic all the way to this block, the mic linebacker, before I put my foot in the ground. And if I do that, I'll find the crease back here, and then the rest is up to him. He's on the safety. So you do that, and then you add in Debo out of the backfield with some of these things. You know, you got Kittle and play pass. You got, I mean... Ayuk. Uh, I mean, th- these guys. That's why they're hard to stop. They're really good at what they do. He's an excellent uh, game plan designer, also calling a game. Uh, and then they've got they got playmakers. They got players. You know, and they got a heck of an all line that's uh, pretty nasty. So, does that answer it?
2: <laughs> yes, it does, Dan. It did for me. Um, they're really, really good at what they do. So they're gonna do it. And and, and and I'd like to say we should stop asking them to change. It's working. It's working. They're going to break through one of these years. I hope this is the one.
1: But I, it's working. I hope so. I yeah, mean, Mark Levy man. never broke through. So it doesn't, doesn't mean that they, quote-unquote, have to break through. And Andy Reid never broke through in Philadelphia, even though he had many, many chances to, quote-unquote, break through. And I heard... So many things from Dan Campbell, but the one thing I didn't hear is clock management and game management, and that, to me, is a big question about Kyle Shanahan because, yeah, his scheme and what they do and the way they go about it, and Dan was just exquisite in terms of explaining how McCaffrey sets up blockers and sets up the Mike Linebacker and Ayuk and Debo and everything that the offense does. It's clinical. But can Kyle Shanahan call the right play at the right time? Can he manage the clock in the, the correct way, use his timeouts right, and put his team in a spot where they can win this game? That, to me, is the only question.
2: I guess my question is, why is that a question when they've won so many games? You know what I mean? Like it's I, right because I, sure. they haven't. He hasn't
1: done it in the biggest of moments, I, but he has
2: done it in the big moments. They like blew a lead
1: he, against Kansas City in the Super right. Bowl, and that so is what many fans will still look at, and they blame Kyle and they blame Jimmy. And by blaming sure. Jimmy, you're blaming Kyle.
2: Sure, sure. So, was, so the, now we're down to one game and one quarter against the best player in the world. With the
1: lead, 10-point lead.
2: Yes, with a lead. But I don't think you can ever take one game and one quarter and then label someone. You can say that in that game... It you know you didn't like this that or the other. That's another thing that I want to say. You know because Guru did it, and I know that this is this is on me. There's something about the way that I make these points where people go. Well, I guess Mark says we're never allowed to criticize Kyle. You can hate whatever play call you want. My question's a larger one because it feels like labels get created. Kyle turtles up. Kyle's not good in big games. Kyle's not good managing the clock. If Kyle wasn't good in any of these things, we wouldn't be here every year. He wouldn't win. He wins and yes he wins big games. Yes he wins big games. There have been nowhere near enough games, no, nowhere near enough Super Bowls to suggest that Kyle is something different. In the Super Bowl or a large game, he's won an NFC title game. He has—I don't even know what. Do you have his playoff record? What's his playoff record? What's his overall playoff record as 49ers head coach? He feels is like uh, ten and seven. Okay, I was
1: going to say it feels like seven. a winning
2: record. All right,
1: so yet to have all, a, a playoff run though in a year where he goes undefeated. Of course, right. So, but playoff Which is kind games of important. Are, but playoff
2: games are all massive. They're all massive. They're all one and done. I'm sorry,
1: seven and three. Uh, ten games, he's won seven, he's lost three. Okay, there you go. Apologies. so, uh, yeah. so, he,
2: so in, I had the wrong in those, columns. In those ten largest of games, he has a 700 winning percentage. And yet you'll hear people go, ah, but the big game, like I just don't think you can have these labels and win as much as he does.
1: Well, I think you can look at the the biggest games, which are the conference championship game and the Super Bowl, and you could look at his record and say he's one and three. So he's six and zero oh in the early games. One and, and he's, two. Well, one and three. you, know, yeah, I, you I, lost to Philly, and Philly was better than you, and you lost the game. You, you don't get to, you know, you, do. you, you can do. do whatever you want. Bottom you line do. is, you look at the result of the game, and they lost, and you can. If. You know, you can point to whatever you want to point to. It's a loss, and it's unfortunate that you lost your quarterback and then you lost your backup and then you chose to abandon the pass as opposed to, you know, letting the punter go in there and sling it. A loss is a loss, and it's unfortunate, but it does go on your record. And so fans look at these big games and in the NFC Championship game. You won one, you've lost two, and the Super Bowl, you're 0-1. So that, to me, is the final thing for Kyle Shanahan to get over, and hopefully he can start to do that on Sunday. Uh, let's hear from some
2: people. We'd love to hear from you on this, 888 uh, 957 Let's start with uh, Steve in the city. Hi, Steve. You're on with Willard and Dibbs. What's up? Hey, fellas. Um, listen, my my take on
5: Kyle is he's 99th percentile in building a script and when he's on script, and that he's lower half in the league at best when he has to go off script, when he has to get creative, when the script isn't working. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Uh, you know, the evidence is out there. Genius, building a script and on, not so much when he has to make decisions in the moment.
2: Well, okay, I, you have an interesting point here, what you said there at the end. Do you not believe, when you, when you say when he has to make decisions in moments, do you not believe that that's organically happening on almost every play in almost every game?
5: Well, he's always making a decision within a small subset, right? But when the small subset isn't working, he doesn't appear to be able to adjust, and that's you know, sometimes at at the end of, of halves. Sometimes it's you know, we saw it last week, and and yes, there are many reasons for that. Um, but it, I think it's an on script versus off script type of thing.
2: Yeah, interesting. Thanks, Steve. I mean, the script, as you know, is only the very beginning anyway. Every single football game starts with a script, and then adjustments are being made on the fly uh, that are taking all kinds of things into account.
1: Right, down in distance and and the whole thing. And and and, Mark, to your point, the script is 24 plays, and they don't go 1 through 24 in order. So you might run your, your favorite play on first and 10 from your own 25 when you get a touchback, and that is the play that you like. But to your point, if you lose two yards and it's second and 12, and let's just say that the script called for an off-tackle run, well, now you're not going to do that on second and 12, or maybe you pick up 37 yards on that first play, and now your, your next play is going to be different. So your scripted plays are not in order 1 through 24, to your point.
2: I just think that what Kyle was trying to – he was trying to explain this today, and it's a word that has triggered all of us, and I get it. The word is analytics. You came in Monday. You did not like that Tampa was down 14 points, scored a touchdown, and went for two. They didn't get it. And and, and I'm with you where it's still just because we've been watching ball for so long. Like, it's just counterintuitive to me. It's like, why would you – why would you do that? Well, because people have run numbers that suggest it's the right thing to do over the long haul. You know, you play blackjack, right? When the dealer's got a 10, do you hit when you have a 14? Yes. Are you gonna get a king sometimes? Yes, you're you're gonna bust. But you've gotta play that out over a period of time. And what Kyle was trying to explain was, right before half, like, I have been doing this for years. It's not just a gut feeling. It's not hunger. Like we've we we study this and it has served me very well to play this game of you don't get the ball before half and you don't get the ball right after half. It did not work Saturday, but it works more often than not and it works to the tune of four NFC title games in five years. And so maybe the bigger question I have, let me adjust it here on the fly. I'll make an adjustment, okay? Why don't people trust Kyle Shanahan more than they do?
1: Because in the biggest moments, he has not gotten it done. And that's the easiest way to... To put it. And you mm.
2: go to the Super Bowl. That's and a you... tough statement to make, man. I'm,
1: d- I'm just That's telling tough... you how people feel. In the biggest of moments, it, but... he has not gotten it done. There's 7-3 and three in the playoffs, uh, but he's 1-3 from the conference championship game forward. And these are facts. And so you get to the conference championship game, and forget Philadelphia. I'm going to put that aside because that was a game unlike any other game we've ever seen where you run out of quarterbacks. It's like... You know, imagine running a marathon and you're not allowed to drink water. Well, good luck with that. You're going to get to mile 16 and you're done. And that's basically what that was. So put that one aside. You lose to the Rams. And, yes, everyone wants to talk about, uh, you know, Tart Joukowsky and the dropped, tart. Yeah, yep. the dropped INT. Fine. That was not the one play that would have won you the game versus other plays where uh-huh. maybe you could have navigated the game and been up by two touchdowns. And you weren't and you lost the Super Bowl with a 10-point lead. So fans look at Shanahan's track record, and you say, yeah, he's amazing, and your scheme, and your personnel, and you found this quarterback, and you run an offense that almost nobody else in football runs. Baltimore actually runs a similar offense. We can get into that hopefully next week with the 21 personnel and their use of the fullback and all that. But what Shanahan does is unique. It's excellent. He's great. The play sheet, wonderful. Coaches, everything. Now, go ahead and win the big game, Kyle, because that's yeah, what he hasn't been able I, to do.
2: I would, boy, I would love to have that conversation because I could not more firmly disagree with the idea that he fails in the biggest of moments unless we want to pin that on just about everybody. Just about everybody has a really hard time winning the last game. Just about everyone. Uh, we're presented by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. More of your calls next. Uh, Sean Salisbury, a little bit over
1: an hour away. It's Willard and Dibbs. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zenni, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices, exclusively at Zenny.com. <sighs>
3: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road